Welcome to this special edition of the ITRC's Fraudian Slip, a podcast dedicated to all things about identity crimes and compromises that impact people and businesses. I'm James Lee, the COO of the ITRC, and today we're going to share the results of our 2022 data breach report and our analysis of the trends that we identified based on all of the publicly noticed data breaches in 2022. So let's start off with some key takeaways. First of all, we did not set a new all-time high record. We did in 2021 with 1,862 data breaches that were publicly noticed. But in 2022, we were down a little bit. We were down by 60. So we barely missed that all-time high record. In 2022, there were 1,802 publicly noticed data breaches. The number of victims throughout the year was actually declining. In 11 out of 12 months, we saw a decline in the number of victims, but boy, then came December, and we set a, a much higher number of victims in 2022 than we had in 2021. We'll look at that in just a second. The biggest trend we saw was nearly half of all data breach notices didn't have any information about what happened and why and who it impacted. That's down from 100% of data breach notices two years ago had that kind of information, which is very helpful. And lastly, the last trend is supply chain attacks replaced malware as a leading cause of compromises. We're gonna talk about that just in a second. And there's also some good news that we can report. So here we are with the first major point, there were 1,802 total compromises in calendar year 2022. And we break compromises into different sections. There are data breaches, that's where data is actually stolen, where it's, it is exfiltrated from wherever it is maintained. We also have things called data exposures. Exposures are where the information is available for someone to see, to download, to, to remove from wherever it is being stored but there's no evidence that actually happened. Those kinds of uh, compromises were actually down this year. We also have another category called data leaks, and that's where information, it may be public information, it may not be particularly sensitive information until you scrape it from wherever it is residing and then aggregate it into a new database. So we did have zero data links until kind of the last part of the year. Um, you'll also see here there, the, the breaks out, breakouts. There were also 10 unknown compromises. So that means we just didn't know what happened. We just know there was some form of a compromise. And we know that it impacted 22 million, almost 23 million individuals. We're also going to talk about today, these are estimates in terms of the number of individuals impacted. And they're estimates really in terms of the number of data breaches, just because we do believe that not all breaches are being publicly reported. Let's break out a little bit of what happened during the course of the year. You can see on the that uh, what happened early in the year was actually a downward trend in the number of data breaches compared to previous years. So the first half was down, we think, in large part because of the conflict between Ukraine and Russia. Uh, a lot of the criminal organizations that commit Identity crimes are based in Russia or allied with Russia. So they were distracted uh, because of that conflict. 
there is also a lot of volatility in the cryptocurrency markets. So those two things combine to distract identity criminals in the first part of the year. But boy, in the second part of the year, did things come roaring back. So we did see a significant increase in the last six months of the year in terms of both data compromises and also victims. Now, if you look at it uh, again on a month-by-month -month basis, you'll see that we were trending downward 11 out of the 12 months in terms of estimated victims. But then we had a single compromise in December. It was reported at the very end of December of 221 million victims of uh, a, a compromise at Twitter. So, but for that, we would have been down by one third compared to the previous year. So one third fewer victims compared to 2021 up until December of 2022. So we did not have a good year in terms of the number of victims. When we look at the top 10 compromises, you're looking at the number one being Twitter with 221 million victims. Uh, number two would be Neopets with 69 million victims. AT&T data. AT&T says it was not a compromise of their systems, but it may have been a compromise of their data through some third party. They say it may also have occurred years ago. They have not taken responsibility for it. They have not issued any data breach notices around it, but other organizations have. So that that uh, AT&T data uh, represents 22, almost 23 million victims. Cash App had a breach with 8,200 victims. Beetle Eye, 7 million victims. That puts them at number five. Number six, another Twitter uh, compromise, which occurred earlier in the year. The 221 million uh, compromise was in December. The uh, 5.4 million victim compromise of Twitter was earlier in the year. Receivables performance management is number seven, and that's 3.7 million victims. And that is uh, a reflection of a trend we're going to talk about here in a second around supply chain attacks. Flexbooker, 3.7 million. iCare lenders, another supply chain attack, 3.3 million victims. And Advocate Aurora Health, 3 million victims. That's number 10. So those are the top 10 compromises in 2022. If we look at what data was actually stolen uh, or exposed in any of these compromises, um, number one, name, no big surprise there, followed by a full social security number. Uh, of the 1,802 uh, data compromises, 1,143 involved full social security numbers. That's a little misleading because identity criminals don't really need social security numbers for the most part anymore. Uh, they, are, they look for social security numbers that are new, so people just coming into uh, the adult identity system, if you will. Um, but for the most part, uh, social security numbers, if you go to the dark web or to an identity marketplace, may not even be in the dark web, maybe in the public web, uh, those items have very little value. They, they don't charge you for them anymore. They're generally given to you when you buy other kinds of data from a, an illicit marketplace uh, where identity criminals buy and sell and share uh, information. Uh, the uh, third most common uh, data attribute is date of birth, followed by current home address. Driver's license numbers continue to be a big uh, item that identity criminals want because those are more common 
commonly used for identification for other processes today. So when setting up accounts, whether they be government benefit accounts, whether it be bank accounts, other forms of accounts, uh, driver's license are, are far more common to be uh, requested as verification that you are who you say you are. So that drives up the value of those in the identity marketplaces where criminals hang out. Behind that, medical history, condition, treatment, diagnosis, followed by bank account, medical insurance account, undisclosed records. We don't know what the records were. They just know they were breached. And then medical provider account or medical record number. That, that rounds up that top 10. I mentioned a minute ago that supply chain attacks are on the rise uh, based on the 2022 data. Um, you know, we think of what causes a data breach or a data compromise. You know, it's generally a cyber attack or maybe there's a, a system or a human error. And lastly, maybe there's a physical attack. The traditionally cyber attacks are the, are the big, biggest uh, component of that. 90% of all data breaches are related to a cyber attack. And within that cyber attack category, historically there have been three primary causes. Phishing, far and away the largest, ransomware right behind it, and then malware traditionally has been the third most common cause. And malware is what we traditionally think of as a cyber attack. Maybe it's a virus, it's some sort of malicious software that's been uh, added into a system. Maybe it's taking advantage of some software flaw to execute an attack or a ransomware attack kind of thing. So uh, malware traditionally has been number three. But this year, we saw malware decline and supply chain attacks become far more frequent, far more common. They've been around for a while. They kind of ebb and flow. But because of the what we talked about earlier with the distraction in the professional uh, identity criminal markets uh, because of the conflict in Ukraine and, the, and the, uh, the issues with cryptocurrency, those kinds of attacks that would have been occurring have switched to different kinds of tactics. And the tactic they went to was a supply chain attack. So a supply chain attack is where you look for the weak link in a supply chain. You look for a smaller vendor who may not have the same level of cybersecurity protections or the same level of processes to protect data that a larger organization would. So you look for that vendor who, who has a, the information of multiple companies. So rather than have to attack each one of those companies separately, you find that weak link, you attack that company, and then you get all the data of those much larger organizations. That's a supply chain attack. And we saw more of those this year than we have in the past so much so they have now surpassed malware as the number three root cause of data compromises in 2022. Those um, data compromise, those supply chain attacks that we saw this year impacted in excess of 10 million individuals. There was 1,700 entities, so 1,700 companies, but only 118 attacks. So you see where the, the ratio there were 118 attacks, but they impacted 1,700 companies. And that's 40% more than the malware attacks we saw in 2022. Here's a very disturbing number, and it's one that we're going to talk about a lot in the coming year at the ITRC, and that is the data breach notices that are being issued have far less information. And this is a very sudden and very, uh, very accelerating trend that we're seeing. Historically, I'm going to show you the chart in a second. Historically, 
we have had very good information coming from data breach notices. And that helps reduce the risks to both individuals and to, and to businesses who need to be on the lookout for what kind of cyber attack, what kind of data breach uh, attack is coming next. So, but in this year, we saw two thirds of data breach notices did not have information about either the victim or did not have information about how the attack, how the breach occurred and what was done as a result of it and how to prevent it. That kind of information was not available in two thirds of the notices. Now that is a significant event. And we're gonna show you a chart here in a second. In fact, right now um, that, that you can see here. So if you go back to 2018, 98% of all data breach notices had attack details. In 2019 and 2020, it was 100% of data breach notices had that attack detail. In 2021, we started to see the trend that accelerated in 2022. Late in the year, you started to see fewer details. So in 2021, we had already dropped out to 93% of all notices having attack details. But in 2022, that became 58%. 58% of the data breach notices had dropped to where they had no information about the attack itself. When you look at it from a perspective of it, they had attack details and victim details. Now, they were always lower numbers because sometimes you don't always know how many victims there are uh, initially, and it, it may take you a while to figure that out. So there was always a lower number. So in 2018, uh, a combined attack and victim detail was 58%, 2019 is 72%, 2020 it dropped back down to 20 uh, to 60%, 2021 it was back down to 58%, but in 2022 again we protect themselves from whatever the kinds of attacks that are happening that are leading to data breaches. If you look at here, uh, we're talking about uh, how the compromises occur. And this is where you can again, can see that not specified is the number one root cause of a data breach in 2022. So 727 of the 1,595 cyber attacks, we don't know what happened. And that creates risk. Uh, there also have the same issues, but to a much lesser degree in the other categories. So system and human errors, there are only 19 attacks where you didn't have any kind of detail. And it, when it comes to physical attacks, uh, which are things like uh, document theft, device theft, improper disposal, there are only one case where the notice didn't tell what happened. We already talked about the top 10 number of breaches and the companies associated with it. Um, one of the, the things that occurs when you don't have good information around what happened is you can't make a good judgment around the risk of that particular breach. So we've been working with a number of years with uh, a, an organization that developed a risk score around data breaches. It was uh, originally uh, a standalone company. It's then part of Sontic, 
which has been um, acquired by TransUnion. So it, the, the score now uh, from Sontic is called Breach IQ. And the higher the number, the higher the risk and, and, and the, the more urgent the action needs to be. But without the key pieces of information, that score doesn't give you all of the information you need to be able to act. So when we talk about the AT&T data, there was a fair amount of information around that. And you can tell that the risk of that is a five. So that's, that's the kind of uh, score you want to start looking at uh, taking action pretty quickly. The eye care leaders, which had a lot of information, both personal information, financial information, as well as healthcare information, that has a score of seven. But there was a lot of information shared about that because they were required to under certain federal regulations. But others of these breaches did not have high scores, but they also didn't share as much information. So, for example, we don't know what all was involved in the Twitter uh, breach. Uh, we know what's for sale on the, on the dark web, but we don't necessarily know that that is everything. So that's an example of we don't know the risk because there has been no formal notice of the compromise. Some of the other things in that top 10 list also have lower scores, but we don't know because they didn't provide a great level of detail if that risk score is actually accurate. So the point I'm making here is we need good information to be included in these data breach notices so we can make good recommendations at the ITRC and individuals can make good judgments about what they need to do to protect themselves as a result of being a victim. And other businesses know what actions they need to take to prepare for a similar kind of attack. Now, because of all the, the, the sort of the noise around data breaches right now, we are getting ready to launch a service for businesses. Now, we've had one for a year now for consumers, where consumers can come in to our site, set up an account where you can list five companies that are of interest to you that if they have a data breach, you would get a, an alert from us that that organization has had a data breach that has entered into our system. Um, and that then would allow you to take action in case you missed or didn't get a data breach notice from the organization because of the way that they actually send out notices. Sometimes today, they only have to send out a news release or they only have to post it on their website. So if you're not looking for their news release, if you're not looking at their website all the time, you wouldn't know perhaps there had been a, some sort of a data compromise. This alert system ensures that if it comes into our system, you get an email alert. We're now going to do that for businesses. The businesses will be able to have more than five uh, because the system is structured a little differently. The consumer version is free to consumers. This is a paid version for businesses, and it builds on this existing consumer service. There's basically two use cases for businesses. Those that need to do vendor due diligence, you need to show that your vendors have or have not had data breaches and the circumstances around that. And it's also for compliance to ensure that if there is a breach going forward at one of your vendors or a prospective vendor, that you get an alert. Unless you have a contractual element of your agreement with a vendor, they may not be required by law to tell you if they have a data breach. This would ensure that if there is a breach at one of your vendors, 
you would get an alert when that comes into our system. It, the way it will work is you can get unlimited search of past breaches, and then you would have an email alert service for any breach going forward. So think of it as a breach monitoring service. We on an annual subscription or a one-time batch basis, and we're going to go to beta in February, and we expect to launch the uh, breach alert for business in March of this year. And we certainly hope that that will help uh, keep people and businesses better informed around data breaches. But we still need that very good information to be included in data breach notices. And that means we're gonna to have to have a national conversation with our policymakers around what is a good data breach notice and what information should be included, how should it be delivered, and are there other things that should be done to help people to protect themselves? But irrespective of the outcome of that conversation, you know you can always come to the ITRC for assistance. If you've had a, been a victim of a data compromise, like a data breach, or if you've been the victim of an identity crime. All you have to do is come to our website, which is idtheftcenter.org. You can uh, use that as a launching point to have a live chat with one of our advisors, or you can use our toll-free number that will be on that webpage, and you can call us. And we'll help you uh, either respond to an issue that you've identified, you think you've been the victim of a crime, you think you've been the victim of a compromise, or you wanna find out how to prevent yourself from becoming a victim, you can call us about that as well. So that's this year's data breach report. Um, next week, beginning on January 30th, is um, Identity Theft Awareness Week. And once again, the ITRC is partnering with the Federal Trade Commission. We'll have a webinar next week, but we're also gonna have daily versions of this podcast, the Fraudian Slip, be short versions, and it'll be with college students from across the country asking questions that are relevant to young people today and, and of interest to them as they then uh, learn how to protect themselves from identity crimes and compromises and respond to them when they happen. So you can come back and listen every day next week to the Fraudian Slip and find out something new about how to protect yourself from identity crimes and compromises. And then we'll return to our regular schedule of the weekly breach breakdown in three weeks. But until then, thanks for listening.